Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us tonight on episode 34, season 3 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We are live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the World Cup. Uh, evening, Richie. The World Cup is now underway, and although there were a few one-sided clashes, um, the first week did offer us um, a few surprises and a great tussle this morning. Uh, how have you enjoyed the Cup so far? Hey, Brad. Yeah, I uh, hope you're doing well, mate. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. I think that it's been some good games, like you say, some one-sided results. But this morning's one in particular was a nice um, tight tussle between two passionate nations. So, yeah, I enjoyed that one a lot. But, yeah, um, I'm starting to warm into it, mate. I'm starting to get excited about it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's been great so far. Um, but while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at PM, you can also catch our show at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of the first week of the World Cup. We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys as well, some questions we're prepared for each other. And then we'll do a um, we'll end the night basically doing a quick preview of week two of the World Cup. So, um should be should be a good night. Um, looking forward to it. Just remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show, and we may as well jump straight into um, the top stories, Richie. Yep, sounds good, mate. I didn't really have that many. Um, it's basically just flowing on from last week uh, with the Manly Seagulls. Um, they're the gift that keeps on giving in the NRL offseason. Mm. So um, I see Simon's here. Evening, Simon. Um, basically, we, we talked about it last week that uh, the rumours were, were getting stronger that Des Hasler was going to be shown the door. That has now officially happened. Um, he's officially been sacked by Manly. Um, they still haven't announced his replacement, but all signs are still pointed towards Anthony Seabolt. Um, I do know that with his current commitments, if he does get the job, he's not going to get to the um, Manly until three weeks into the preseason. Um which isn't ideal, but if that's the guy they want, um, all to them. Um, before I get your thoughts, I'll go on with the rest because there's a bit. 
Uh, Manly are also prepared to offer Shane Flanagan the assistant coach role, and they also are trying to offer Eddie Jones a head of football role. Um, and then after all this news, there was all the talk about the Trebojevic brothers. Um, they were rumoured to have been unsettled and could potentially seek a release, which has got Wayne Bennett frothing at the mouth, ready to make them Dolphins. But um, Jake Trebojevic has come out and dismissed these rumours and said they're loyal to Manly. Um, what's your take on all of that? It's a bit of a mess. <laughs> um, yeah. So Hasler's gone. Seabold, I'm not, I'm still not convinced on, particularly at Manly as a good fit. Um, yeah. Flanagan, I think, would be a good piece of the puzzle. But I found something quite interesting on, on the socials during the week about um, uh, who was it? Who was it? Um, this is the why Broncos. you take notes. Yeah, no, this is completely off the cuff. This is just me, social media. Um, um, Steve Renoff. It was Steve Renoff coming out and saying that Seabold roped the Broncos in with his psycho babble. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now he's done the same to Manly. Um, I found that quite funny. But, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what to make of it, mate. I think the whole thing's a bit of a mess. And it, I think it could hurt Manly in the upcoming season, but we, we shall see. Yeah, my question for you, just spitballing here, um, had this firing come a couple of months earlier, do you think the Warriors would have offered him the job? Or would you have liked to see him potentially take it? Um, obviously, it's not going to happen. They've got a coach. but um, Yeah, I'm not sure about that, mate, because he's got credentials and, and a record of getting teams to to the finals. So <laughs> maybe wouldn't be a good fit here. Oh, come on. Just being that, cheeky. So I I think it would have been worth a conversation. Obviously, you didn't oh, know yeah. at the time. I, I, yeah, I would have definitely entertained the um, entertained it. Yeah. But uh, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. He is still um, looking to pursue legal action against the club for the dismissal. So that will be an ongoing thing for us to discuss before we talk about the World Cup, I think, for the next couple of weeks. Um, mm. But yeah, we'll we'll keep our ears to the ground for that, and um, we'll move on. Um, there's been rumours that Luke Brooks is on the verge of moving to the Knights. We've talked about it several times this year as a rumour. It's never happened, but it sounds like it's starting to um, strengthen. Do you think that would be a good move um, for Brooks or for the Knights or for both? It's one of those funny ones where you, I, potentially, but. I think any kind of change is going to be good for Luke Brooks because I think he yeah. spent nearly a decade with the Tigers, um, seen no finals football, always been spoken of as um, someone with a lot of potential. Won, won a Dallium, Dallium halfback of the year a few years ago. I can't recall what year, 2018, 2019 maybe. Um, but he's never really kicked on to that potential, has he? Whether or not that's no. the club he's at holding him back or... Maybe that's yeah. just his. Maybe that's just where he where he is as a player. But um, I, th yeah. I feel like any kind of change has got to be positive for him. Yeah, I think he needs to move on um, and just try his luck somewhere else and see if he can take it. I see um, Ruin Hammer here, and Hammer said it's not a good move for the Knights. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
it could Fair potentially enough. help you um, get the wooden spoon prediction if you want to stick with the same team again. Um, mm. I don't know. It, it's it's going to be uh, difficult, but he's got no having no success with the Tigers. Knights are always struggling, so they need to try something. Um, so I um, I kind of agree with what Mark's saying. Depends who they link with him. I don't feel like he's got it, got it in him to be a number one playmaker. Um, no. I feel like he's a second fiddle, um, got a good running game, but I don't think he's going to lead your team to anything special on his own. So I think if you're going to p- partner him with somebody, it has to be a, a really good general. Yeah, and um, I think it's fair to say he looked at his best this year when he was um, with Jackson Hastings, Yeah, who was being that leader. So, yeah, he's a good second fiddle. Um yeah, and uh, Hammer said he was chatting with Kalen Ponga's dad, and Kalen's been training in the off season at five eight. That has been the talk that if Brooks goes there, it'll be a Brooks Ponga um, halves pairing. So it'll be great to have two failed NRL players partnering in the halves together for the night. So it'll be great, I'm sure. Um, well done. But yeah, we we'll keep our yeah, keep an eye on that story because I'm sure we'll hear something sooner rather than later. So hopefully we have some more news on that next week. Um, We'll go with more um, signing news. The Dragons have signed Zane Musgrove from the Tigers effective immediately on a two-year deal. And they've also released George Burgess. Um, No word on where Burgess will end up, if he ends up anywhere at all. He kind of came out and um, threw some shade at at the Dragons and um, Anthony Griffin about how he'd never really got along with him. And, um, whatnot it's great to hear that the dragons are a disarray um but what's your take on the news <laughs> um yeah it's not really it's not really masterful recruitment and, and um the dragons haven't really been known for for that over the past couple of years have they but um no. yeah it's not going to really get them into the top eight probably much to your pleasure brad but um yeah, more interesting what George Burgess has been saying on his way out. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting um, with their coaching situation, hey, how um, some of the players speak of of um, Griffin and even how he, I had to laugh about um, Zach Lomax making fun of him on, on um, Fletch and Heidi as well. It's <laughs> interesting dynamic they've got there. Yeah, and Hammer said that um, former Dragon Matt Cooper threw a lot of shade at yeah, him as well. Um, that, that was to do with our news that we talked about last week about how only three players turned up. Yeah. Didn't he basically say just that, that it's about the, the, just the no, attitude. Yeah, they've had no culture since Bennett left or something along those lines, right? Yeah, and um, Rue's kind of stealing my next um, new segment, but um, the Dragons have confirmed they've once again rejected the request clauses from Tyrell Sloan and Jaden Sullivan. Sloan's since come out and said that um, he hasn't requested again and he's there to fight for a position. But yeah, Tyrell Sloan, as um, Rue said there, he was apparently promised the seven jersey because they said they weren't keeping Ben Hunt and then they signed Ben Hunt again, so that's why he wants out. Um, yeah, it's as we just said, it's just. A uh, crazy time for the Dragons, and I couldn't be happier. But um, it must be stressful and annoying for the fans there to see your your club in a bit of disarray. We we kind of know that feeling a little bit. Um, oh, definitely. 
So, yeah, I feel for the Dragons fans, but I don't feel for the Dragons. So um, we'll move on. And um, la- or the last bit of news before I get into a whole lot of World Cup news, uh, Michael Maguire, current Kiwis coach, um, he's joined the Raiders on a two-year deal as a senior NRL consultant. Um, good to see Madge end up somewhere. Um think he would be good for the Raiders in that type of role. What, what's your take? Yeah, I think it's a... I think it's a decent move. You've seen the Raiders, what they're capable of um, this year with their full roster and, and a lot of young talent coming through that have been brought through this year. So they've got something something solid there already with Ricky and having someone experienced like Madge come in can only be good as well. Yeah, and he's, it's no deny, you know, despite what happened with the Tigers, um, there's no denying the passion he has and the experience he also has as well, you know, um, winning winning championships in both Super League and NRL um, is no easy feat. Um, oh, yeah, we'll talk about that. Sorry, sorry, Hammer, I'm reading the comments. So, um, we'll get into that now. It was well done on Madge um, for getting the new job, but he's still got a lot of work to do um, this year in the World Cup, so let's focus on that first. But yeah, um, Hammer said, um, before we get into the news, did we listen to the Andrew Webster interview with Ian Smith the other day? Um, obviously, Andrew Webster, the new coach. Did you listen to it, Richie? No, I haven't yet, but I did read some quotes from it. So um, I heard it was very good from from what I've heard from other Warriors fans. So I'll have to what, throw, I'll throw I'll throw you in the deep end. Go on, you go first. From the notes you've heard. What's oh, no, I've only... I've only read small snippets of it, mate. That's what I mean. I want to actually get in and listen to the whole thing to actually form a decent enough opinion. But what if, from what I hear from other Warriors fans on socials, they said he was quite good. So um, yeah. you fill me in, buddy. You fill me yeah. in. Um, yeah, I've listened to it because uh, I like to prepare for our show. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought it was very, um, a very good interview. Um, you know, it, it's still a lot... I. I've never been great at listening or trusting coaches in my in my career, but um, it's a lot of coach speak that you you dissect. But there was good snippets in there in between and talking about the the bones of the club and the future they see getting around. Like there was a lot of questions from Ian Smith about the defense and Justin Morgan, and he, he kind of he he took he took some bullets for Justin Morgan, um, and he. Um, yeah, and Hammer said he said all the right things. Yeah, there was nothing in there that was a red flag, which is a bonus. Um, but yeah, he he took a few bullets with Justin Morgan and said, you know, defense is it's not just on the defensive coach. There's different facets in there. There's, you know, the errors they were making um, close to their line that led to poor defense and things like that. And that it's something they're going to be working on a lot. And um, yeah, it was a lot of good stuff in there, talking about. Um, the spine, how important the spine is, and that he's envisioning it with uh, Chans at fullback, um, Tamara Martin, Sean Johnson in the halves, Egan mm. at hooker, and he's also said Tohu Harris at lock, um, and that's going to be his envisioned spine, which is good to see. He's already got an idea moving forward. Um, mm. You know, we talk, how how much um, did we talk about? you know, the spine changing week to week. And yeah, Hammers also mentioned he talked a lot about his relationship with Ivan Cleary and that Ivan has assured him um, that he's going to continue to be a mentor for him, even though they're going to be competitors in the coaching elements. That's 
more um it's more good news and good signs um we're officially in the off season which means my optimism on the warriors has gone back to completely full so yeah <laughs> um yeah um they were all the right things um to say which is good and exciting and um yeah hopefully we get some more interviews out of him um before the season starts just to get a better idea of um more things he's implementing into the the side so Hopefully we get a few more of those. Um, I'm sure he's booked in the next couple of weeks with the Ruin Hammer, um, no doubt. But, um, yeah, it'll be good to, to hear some more from him, um, for sure. But um, anything else you want to add to that before we go into World Cup news? No, no, no. Um, no? no? We can move on, mate. Um, so we're, I kind of condensed the Naughty Boy and Casualty Wards into one um, because it's not as as much as normal. Um, we'll go with Naughty Boys first, though. Um, I'm going to go to you because you're good with the name pronunciations, but the 11 on half, Adam. Okay, so I <laughs> I didn't learn this, and I was messaging you during the game, and from what Andrew Voss was teaching me, it's Adam Dwayhe. Dwayhe, yeah. And I've been um, saying Dewey this whole time. Yeah, now to to give us some defense, um, Adam Dewehi was telling everyone to pronounce it Dewey um, not that long ago. He's But he's gone into the Lebanon camp and he's obviously learned a bit more about his culture and learned how to pronounce it properly, I, I assume, um, being very ignorant here of me. But um, yeah, we'll... I'll probably still float back to the old one in a force of old habit. I will endeavour to get it right. But he is going to miss week two of the World Cup after being charged for a grade A foul for abusive language towards a match official. Um, Paul likes us to keep this show um, advertiser friendly, so I won't say what he said. Um, I'll go with you first because I think everyone and watching... Who want to join, who want to get on, on board, then do get on board because we are, as you say, advertiser friendly. um i think most people will know um what i my opinion on is but what's your opinion on if you saw what he said and the punishment yeah i saw what he said allegedly um depends which side of the fence you sit on i've seen a lot of lebanese fans saying that the match official deserved that (laughs) uh but yeah if what if what Dwayne allegedly said was said and directed at, at the ref, then probably the punishment fits the crime. You've got to have an element of respect for the ref. So um, saying when are you going to give us some expletive calls, it's yeah. probably not the right way to go about getting on the ref's good side. Um, and they were getting calls. I think we were... The first they got good. they got given a try. They got given a try. Um as well as the Kiwis blowing a, a captain's challenge, which which I thought was was a good challenge, but yeah. um yeah, you gotta respect the ref. So I I heard they were gonna fight the charge. I haven't seen any further they, developments on that. They but... did they did fight it and they failed. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it didn't extend. It's still just did, one. Did, did the audio come out? Because I heard Checker was seeking out to see if there was any audio audio available. If the audio did come out, I haven't seen it. Um, sure. But yeah, I don't think it was much of a big deal. Of course, you've seen it. You'd have heard it. Not seen it. It's audio. It's the whole point. <laughs> Thanks. 
<laughs> thanks paul thanks paul um yeah i i jump on the other side of the fence obviously um you shouldn't say things like that um and i i'm kind of going with mark here see it's the old school people here um it, the send-off i thought was super harsh a red card for it um you know was a bit harsh um and he was just asking a question and he's heard worse let go in the nrl i agree i i was expecting something really really bad um to get a red card and then when i heard that it's like i've actually heard that on audio even from the warriors <laughs> um asking the ref you know i think adam Fanor blake even did one where he said you know um we're stuck here in australia at least give us a call um you know and I, is it just because there was an f-bomb thrown in there i i don't know um having robbie farrah the little pitbull terrier out there probably didn't help because um he's a bit yeah passionate i guess is the way to say but um i think that is my takeaway like it's very unfortunate for lebanon um but i think you know one thing about adam is you can say he's clearly passionate Mm. um regardless of the jersey he puts on if it's a tigers one or a lebanese one um but yeah maybe mind the the p's and q's um next time yeah and i i felt like if he's if he's been marched there had to be some level of aggression there yeah aggression or in the delivery or a personal attack yeah i I thought maybe it had a personal attack um even you know Fanua Blake, when he was a manly seagull, when he said something um, that I won't say on this show to a referee, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't even that severe um, of a punishment um, on the field at the time compared to what happened here. Um, mm. So, yeah, disappointing. But, yeah. Um, anything else you want to add before I move on to the next naughty boy? There was only two. Oh, yeah, you can move on, mate. Right, we're we're going to your team now, um, Samoa. Um, Anthony um, Milford, the Samoan half, he is team. he's missing a week after being charged for a late tackle on former Warrior Sam Tompkins. Um, I think it was fair. It was it was blatantly late. Um, so yeah, I think a week fine. Um, I I might be a bit biased because it, it gives an opportunity for Chanel Harris Tavita to get into the side. So. Um, that's probably why I'm okay with the week. Uh, had it not been that situation, I'd probably argue the other way. But you, as the number one fan, um, you watched the game. What did you think on the late hit? No, but harsh, eh? I would have let him play the next game. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've done them a favour. They might actually win now. I've um, seen worse from Nelson Asofa Solomon let go. He's a different category. Um <laughs> But yeah, so that was there was only two. I know um, Dom uh, Dominic Young got a warning for tripping, and there was yeah. a few other players that got like little warnings about don't do that, don't do this. But we'll save that stuff for the actual um, actual like big ones that happened. And now we've got quite a few for injuries. Um, basically, Samoa again. They're they're kind of taking all the all the news. Um, mm. But um, the hammer. He um, got a syndesmosis injury and is out for the rest of the World Cup. There's actually news that he's coming back to Australia straight away to see if he needs surgery, um, mm. which is not good for them. But joining him is also um, Braden Hamlin Ueli um, and Tyron May. Um, Brandon got a lower leg fracture and Tyron May dislocated his hip and they're both out of the World Cup as well. So that's a big loss for Samoa to lose three 
three big players there, um, especially with when we talk about it soon, um, a disappointing effort this week. Mm. Uh, what's your take on, on that stuff? Yeah. 60 to 6 is a worse, is a, is a bad enough result as, as it is. But to take out Hamaso, Tabiwai Fado, Hamlin Ueli, and Tyrone Mays, yeah, just rubbing salt into the wound a wee bit. So, yeah, it, uh, it may um, alter how how we were perceiving Samoa and our tip spread um, going yeah. forward. But, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, Ham has confirmed that um, both the Hammer and Braden are on a plane home. So yeah, big losses there. I haven't heard anything on if they're allowed to bring anyone in due to that. You'd think they might have a have a leeway to bring someone into the squad, maybe yeah, for I three so. injuries. Mm. Um, I know you have a big enough roster to kind of cover one or two, but three key players. I don't know. We'll we'll keep an eye on it. I couldn't see anything leading up to it before the show, so. Um, and then the last bit um, before we get into the first round, the World Cup announced before we started that um, players that suffer a concussion will be automatically stood down for up to 11 days unless they get medical clearance that lets them in earlier. We've had our first player affected by this rule, and that is Ruben Cotter from Australia. He had a head knock, um, got a concussion, so he's going to miss the second week. Uh it's. I understand the decision. You know, everyone's cracking down on the the head knocks, and I suppose no one really bats an eye when it's this time of year or this time of the tournament. But I suppose we might see some skullduggery uh, when we get into the the quarters and semis and final stages. Would, if someone gets a so. head knock, yeah. um, a few doctors might get the uh, the Sydney Rooster brown paper bag to say, "Yep, this guy can play." Um, but yeah, hopefully that's not the case, and hopefully we don't see too many head knocks. The fact we only had one in this first round compared to we get one or two every NRL game, you know. Yeah. Um, hopefully we don't see too much of it, but we'll obviously each each week when we go over the games, I'll mention any of those players that have been stood down for that reason. But what's your take on that rule? You think it's good, or they should just let them get knocked out all the time? No, well, obviously not. <laughs> especially, it, it is a big deal these days, man. Especially with some of the stories you see, even recently with um, with James Graham, James Graham, uh, Mario, oh, Mario, Mario as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's good that the game takes a pretty strong stance on it, and as in a condensed tournament, knockout tournament like this, it it may have some impact, but you just Hope for the best and hope hope um, not too many players and teams are affected by it. Yeah, definitely. So um, that was all the news we had there. So we'll jump into the first round. Um, we're going to do it a bit different than what we do for the NRL where we go a deep dive on every game. We're basically going to pick four games every week that we'll give a bit more of an opinion on and the rest we'll kind of just give out the scores. So... Um, before I hand over to you, Richie, I'll just go down the ones that we're not going to discuss in detail. Um, so we had Italy defeat Scotland 28-4. Ireland defeated Jamaica 48-2. And France defeated Grant, uh, Greece 34-12. So those are the ones we're not really going to go over. They, I thought I did watch them, so I'll go over a little bit. Sorry. Um, 
Yeah. I thought they were all good contests. The only surprise out of them was the Scotland-Italy. I thought Scotland might have won um, that game, but I didn't really know much about either side. But they were all good um, contests for the little fish, um, no disrespect, um, in this pond that is the World Cup. Your take on any of that before we jump into the big ones? Um, yeah, not a lot of not a lot of surprises for me. Like you say, like like you, um, Italy dominated Scotland. I thought it might be a bit closer. Um, and Ireland forty. We know Jamaica's not a heavyweight of rugby league. Yeah, a bit unheard of actually. But forty eight to two. I was I was a little bit surprised by how big the margin was. I start to worry about Jamaica when they run into the Kiwis. We don't have to wait for long to see what happens there. Yeah. Um, my, my, my little take from this is that um, it's not funny. It's not surprising, sorry, that uh, your shows tend to go for uh, overrun quite a lot when you say, well, we're not going to bother talking about these, but I will do anyway, because, hey, um, I'll, I'll just break the rules again. Break the rules on the field, break them off them, Paul. Um, it's kind of my MO. But, um, yeah, so now we'll go into the four games we did pick. So starting off, um, I'll, I'll give it back to you now, starting on Sunday with England. Yeah, England, big one is 60-6 to six over Samoa. Um, yeah, Samoa were... <laughs> where do you start, Brad? Um, a lot of people had them as a dark horse. Packed with the NRL stars, uh, packed with Panthers players uh, who are fresh from winning a grand final in the NRL. Um, so where do you start? Well, what happened, Brad? I mean, England looked very good, obviously, and if anyone was doubting their World Cup credentials, they quickly gave everybody a reminder that they're the hosts and they're here to play, but... Uh, yeah, Samoa were pretty bad, mate. I think defensively terrible. One try off an intercept. I think what were we saying? 28, 28 0 in the last 12 minutes, I think, to England. So, massive element of waving the white flag from Samoa. Um, yeah, what, what how, do, how do you well, see it? I have to eat humble pie because I. Me too was very confident that Samoa would be the dark horse. Um, that's spoiler for my question to you later on. And on Ruin Hammer's show, when we previewed the World Cup, I basically said England's squad was the worst squad I'd ever seen. Um, so I'm going to, yeah, I'll eat Hubble pie. They did a lot better. I saw Simon made a comment that I was going to just bring in. England look like a cohesive unit. Now, they have had a few games together, the squad, which does help. Um, especially when we talk about some of these other games later where teams looked a little bit clunky um, despite getting the win. So, um, you know, they had a couple of warm-ups. They played a few games earlier in the season as well, um, just little ones here and there, which helped them. But And Samoa looked very disorganised, and I think we, we talked about it before we came on here, that they have a good enough squad that if they had lost, it wouldn't have been a huge surprise but it's the mm. margin losing by 54 points. Technically you could say they would have lost 60 nil if they didn't get an intercept try. Yeah. Um, you know, it was that margin. That was a the difference. They have too many good players to get towed up like that. Um, you know, I guess we'll see this week uh, with England 
I don't remember who they're playing. England are playing France. You know, if England do the same type of job or they do even more to France, then maybe we can go, well, it might not be a Samoan problem. It might be just that England are too damn good. You know, England did last week beat Fiji 50-0. Mm. Um, so it could just be that they hit the ground running and um, definitely changed my opinion on where they might end up in this World Cup. But um, it was a great performance from them. Um, I thought Dominic Young did really well. Um, yeah. Knights still haven't offered him an extension on his deal, um, which is interesting. Um, hopefully this game sealed it and they should keep hold of him. Um, I think he's very talented. Um, Callum Watkins was strong as well. And um, he's a guy that I think should always have been in the NRL. He he had a failed run with the Titans. Um uh, spoilers away from this in the PlayStation scheme of things, I actually recruited him into the Warriors and we won the grand final with him as our center. <laughs> so, um, that was before he... Well, there you go. So, yeah, sign him up. Um, we need a center. So, um, yeah, great performance from England and very surprised. Um, and yet Simon says he thinks England will beat France. Yeah, I, I have no doubts that they will beat France. It's just... I want to see what the margin is to see if this was an outlier game or if Samoa um, are just that bad. I, I don't know. Um, mm. But, yeah, that's all I really have for it. Really disappointed in Samoa. Um, yeah. It's the old um, Canterbury Crusaders motto, isn't it? A champion team will always be a team full of champions. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, like, I think Simon brings up – was it Simon he- – Brought up a good point, I don't, which I agree with completely. A lot of talented players, but not a good coaching effort. And we were kind of discussing that a bit before he came on, Brad. But, um, yeah, we'll move on. So the next game we'll do a little bit of a deeper dive, dive into is Australia, 42 points over Fiji, Hold on. Hold 42 on. to 8. Hold on. I've had... Um... I had technical difficulties. My headset disappeared. I can hear you again now. So can you say that again for me? (laughs) Yeah, I was just saying, Brad, uh, the next game we'll do a little bit of a deeper dive into is the Australia versus Fiji game. So Australia getting the result there, 42 points to eight. Um, Aussie maybe slightly slow out of the blocks, mate, but I think slowly but surely they started to um, get some combos and snap into gear. Uh, Munster obviously very good with a he got picked up man of the match I believe but Harry Grant off the bench as well um, fantastic off the bench but yeah Australia always had a little bit too much class yeah I was kind of expecting the score line um, I was very surprised when Fiji got the first try um, yeah. I thought oh we, we've got a game here and uh, you always know like Australia it, it's always going to be an 80 minute performance from them. They were very clunky. You know, this is the first game they've played together in years. Um, but they, they've just got too much class that they were going to get the win and win comfortably. Yeah. Mm. Josh had a car. Um, you know, he, he, I think he's good enough to be an origin player. I I know you're a new South Wales fan, but I think (laughs) you guys should probably, I think so. Probably put him in your team. I don't know. Don't know why I I wasn't. I would have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he looked great out there. Um, Jeremiah and I, 
um, was just dangerous. Um, anytime they got close to the try line and he had the ball, he was ready to go. Mm. Um, and yeah, solid performance. And I think you're going to see Harry Grant coming off the bench for the rest of the tournament. Like, I think he's a better hooker than Ben Hunt, but you just see the game changes to another level when they bring him off, um, mm. bring him onto the field, sorry. And I think that's going to be a, a strike weapon they're going to use for the foreseeable future. Just every, It just changes to another speed when he comes on. Um, and I, I think he gives them more value off the bench than starting. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, in my opinion, I think, yeah, you get more of an impact with him coming off the bench than you would have been hunted. So, um, yeah, it, it's hard to, to pick a fault with them. And Fiji, you know, despite the scoreline, I think they still played really well. There's a lot of key players that they're missing out on. Um, you know, the Sims brothers or Tarek Sims isn't there. Marcelo Montoya yeah. isn't there. Yeah. Um, they've still got some good players, but, you know, it's just a, it's a bit hard for them uh, against a team like Australia, but um, they showed more heart than. Uh, sorry to bring them back into it, but they showed more heart than Samoa did in defeat. So, um, mm. yeah, I thought it was a, a great game, um, good first hit out for Australia, and um, I think Fiji will be better for it um, coming into round two. Yeah, and good shout mentioning Jeremiah Nanai. I love I love Nanai as a player. With, with the, the speed and lines that he runs with the footwork, he, he reminds me of a young Ali Lautiti being a, a hardcore Warriors fan, but with an aerial game, obviously, with the kicks. So um, yeah. I, love, I love watching him play. Um, so the Kiwis games, the next one we'll go into. Um, the Kiwis played Lebanon and got the result 34 points to 12. Uh, again, one of the heavily favoured nations like like Australia, mate, but a little bit clunky to clunky to begin with. Um, again, Lebanon scored the first try, um, and the Kiwis looked like they didn't really ever get out of you know first couple of gears. Um, yeah, it, it's it's probably a case of them building combos as well, much like Australia. And there were some very good individual performances. Joey Manu obviously did some incredibly freakish things during the yeah. game, but um, I would have hoped for a bigger scoreline, but um, a win's a win. Um, Lebanon were game, and, and they have got some good players out there, great house pairing, Moses and Dwayne. Um, so I, yeah. I, I, you got to give a bit of credit, credit to them as well. 
Yeah, I know a lot of people have been more talking about, you know, why didn't New Zealand score more points? I think Lebanon's a better team than a lot of people are giving them credit for. They yeah. should, st- you know, 34-12 is still a big scoreline within reason. And, um, yeah, Simon's kind of mentioned as well that Kiwis start slow in tournaments. Um, mm. yep. It's kind of been their thing. I think you could add another potentially 20 points to that scoreline if Jerome Hughes was in the halves mm. as well. Um it was yeah, it was clunky. It was a clunky hit out. But um, around the sixty-minute mark, or even maybe more the fiftieth, I kind of was comfortable. Um, I was very nervous, as you know, when we were talking during the game. Um, I was very nervous early on, going, I, "This could end up being an upset um, loss to the Kiwis here, and um, we're in it's the last World Cup all over again." Yeah. Um, but no, they even though they weren't putting the the points on the board. They still seem to be in control. Um, and yeah, Joey Manu, um, it, it's a crime that he's going to be stuck in the centres instead of a fullback in the NRL. But um, mm. he got given that opportunity if he took some some money and joined the Warriors. But it is what it is. Um, his his try that he got, you know, the chip and chase, the catch, mm. and then Ridiculous. away, the things he can do. And um, I think he's going to be you know, the star of the, the Kiwis for this World Cup. Um, fingers crossed. But, um, yeah, it was a great performance, I thought, um, for a first hit out with a, a couple of players out. Um, and it's it was going to be the toughest game they had in pool play. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go against some of these other teams in the pool because they could be legitimate cricket scores. Um, so mm-hmm. at least they got one hit out with a bit of challenge before they have to go in and play a, another big dog team in the quarterfinals. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I've done nothing but talk about New Zealand. I thought Lebanon were fantastic, you know. Yeah. Um, they got some good players from the NRL in there. Mitch Moses, um, he, he's still, he's still, you know, earning my respect um, slowly and surely after, you know, dogging him all year. Um, I thought he, he played really well. Um, Adam Dwayhe, I think that's how you say it. I, I, yeah, yeah, no, that um, good. Yeah, yeah. He, he's always got an X factor about him too. Um, it could have been a bit tougher if he managed to not get a red card. Um, but yeah, a good performance from them. I think they've solidified second place, in my opinion. I think they'll stroll through Ireland and Jamaica. So um, They should do. They should do, uh, as long as any nothing goes wrong. But yeah, great performance from them. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You got to give them a bit of credit. Um, you mentioned you felt you always felt comfortable. Would you felt would you have felt that way had Dway he not been sent off with I think roughly twenty ish minutes to go? No, no, because I messaged you at that point just before that point. I think saying this is looking a bit dicey, and I think we both agreed. But it was. Um, I think it was just before Joey Manu's try. Yeah, it was, and it was. Um, we're like, oh, and then he ran through, and we're like, oh no, here we go. Yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> but it, you said it best. Uh, it's, before that point, I started getting feelings of last World Cup and losing to Fiji and <laughs> started to get flashbacks. But, yeah, other than that, a decent first hit out for, for the boys and uh, hopefully they they pick up yeah. and keep moving on. Uh, so the next game we'll look at was this morning's game. Tonga versus Papua New Guinea. I 
I actually, before work, watched up until half time and then came home from work and, and sort of caught the rest. So Tonga winning that one 24 points to 18 with a try to Kion Kolomatangi uh, with roughly two minutes left, I think. So uh, late try there to seal the deal. Um, Papua New Guinea, some Papua New Guinea fans maybe feeling a little bit hard done by from the video ref. Uh, I think they were, they were denied two tries. One definitely, I think, was a try. No tr- well, one was a, one one was a try, one wasn't. Yeah, one definitely, I, I, I believe, was not a try. But the other one, um, some Papua New Guinea fans are a bit upset about. But yeah, what was your take on the game anyway, Brad? I thought it was great. Um, we finally had a game that um, was competitive. Um, all mm. of this, all the games were as much as we talked about how close and how much of a fight Lebanon gave New Zealand. It was still a blowout scoreline if you look at just the scorelines. So this was mm. the first actual legitimate tight tussle. You know, it could have gone either way. You know, with minutes to go, which is kind of the best advertisement for the World Cup we can have. Um, it's yeah, you don't want everyone who doesn't watch it normally checking in and seeing every game's won by 50, 60 points. Um, this was always going to be match of the round before it started, in my eyes. It was mm. legitimately the only even matchup. And um, yeah, either team, if either team got the win here, I wouldn't have been surprised. I think they both had the capabilities to get the job done. Um, and yeah, Tonga, they they had some luck on their side, but. That final try they got, where they played Warriors ball for a little bit, just throwing the ball all around. Oh, I thought, I thought they magic. had completely lost the plot when they were just throwing the ball around. It's like these guys are going to choke when it comes to the, you know, do or die moments. Um, but they persevered and got through. Um, Reese Martin um, for Papua New Guinea, you know, he he got three goals. I think we talked about it earlier. He's on like a forty or forty-one goal kicking yeah. streak. He hasn't yep. missed a goal since July. Um, so that's great to see as well. And I think as disappointed as they will be in losing this game, um, I think it's really set them up well. And I think I, I was speaking with you and Ruin Hammer earlier. I think Tonga and Papua New Guinea could come into the quarterfinals with the best advantage of actually having a tight game where everyone else is kind of strolling in, um, mm. coming into the quarterfinals a bit soft. Um, but yeah, great contest. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. And you know, Tonga is going to get better when they get uh Jason Tomalolo back. Um, you know, he's going to add some a bit more. David Fafita still still only likes playing for a couple of minutes a game, even on the international stage. Um, mm. so it's good to see it's a thing with him and not just with the Titans. Um, but yeah, thoroughly impressed with that game. And um, Simon said he watched the first half. Um, he watched the second half when he finished work. Yeah, I will, I know none of them watch, but I'll, I'll thank my work for understanding that league comes first and allowing me to watch all these World Cup games at my desk um, because I start early. So I'm actually at work before the game kicks off. Um, but yeah, that will continue until the end of the World Cup because i got to watch the game. So I'm paying ridiculous money to watch it. So I'm not going to miss it. But yeah, great way to end the first week. I know it's officially not the end of the first round. Um, that yeah. happens tomorrow. But yes. I think, yeah, even before we know that game, this was still my match of the round. Yeah, so yeah, Wales take on Cook Islands tomorrow morning. 
Yeah. You going to watch that? You got a tip? Uh, Cook Islands. Cook Islands. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. So that, yeah, once that game's over, that's the end of week one. Round one. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Paul, if you want to be able to bring up for us the, the standings. So um, I'm going to... This is hard without a mouse now. Um, yeah, so Group A, we've got England at the top, France second, um, both with two points each, separated by points differential, and then Greece and Samoa um, on zero points. Group B, Australia's at the top, Italy second, Scotland third, and um, I can't read the bottom. What's the bottom one? All right. Doesn't matter. I think it's France. Yeah, it's France. Yes. I think. Can you see it better? Uh, Australia, Italy, Scotland, Fiji. Fiji, sorry. My apologies. It's all blurry. I don't have my glasses on. Um, group C. Um, Ireland's at the top of Group C um, with New Zealand um, below them just due to points differential. Uh, then Lebanon is third with uh, Jamaica dead last. Um and Hammers just said that um, Big Mal has named six deputants for the Kangaroos next game. Yeah, I think it's going to be the case where a lot of teams will throw in like the next best and the next one. And then Pool D, um, it's kind of hard to tell because there's only one game played in that pool so far, which is Tonga. So they are at the top. Papua New Guinea's at the bottom with Cook Islands and Wales sitting on nothing at the moment. So um, the winner of that game tomorrow morning will go into second place. Mm. And third and fourth might switch um, depending on how the points differential is. But yeah, not really any big surprises there other than I'd say New Zealand Island being, being in that order. Um, that would be, I think the only surprise you could say with the standings this early. That'll, that'll change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. Thanks for that, Paul. You got anything to add before you, you scurry off? Well, I think you're going to ask me questions from the, uh, from the crowds, aren't you? I am, but I wanted to see yep. you pop off and then pop back, you know. Um, <laughs> well, so, any, any questions? Any questions, Paul? <laughs> uh, yeah, someone wants to know if they're going to make cool runnings too after this, uh, about the Jamaica's team, uh, after the bobsleigh team that they did for the Olympics. Um, they won't because no one cares about rugby league, unfortunately. It'd be a hell of a story. Like he, he did mention, it's a wonderful story. Um, they got here, um, you know, which is a big thing, you know, I think they they defeated Canada to qualify. Um, the um, was, was, was it the, the netball team who half them weren't allowed to travel through the US players? Yeah, yeah, and um, there's there's uh, quite a few stories out of the the teams that made the World Cup. I know there's been a few people throwing stick and shade at the Rugby World Cup about the caliber of teams, but you have Jamaica, their first appearance. They've only been playing rugby league since I think 2019. It's it's either, yeah, it's eighteen or nineteen that they kind of got Jamaica Rugby League started. So to get into the next World Cup after that and qualify for it, not just be given a pass because you're the new new kids on the block, um, I think it shows you know. And no one's expecting them to come out and and even get a win this in this tournament. But the experience that they're going to get and um, that I think is great. But Greece as well is a hell of a story. Um, it's legal now, but when they were qualifying for the World Cup, it was against the law to play rugby league in Greece. So there were stories. I think there was an interview with their captain, Paul, where he went on social media at a ground and took a picture and saying, like, picture inspection, 
um, to get the government, anyone looking to think that's where they were going to play. And then he hopped on a bus and they went to another location. They had to play Malta and they let Malta know, you know, half an hour before kickoff, the actual location, and they played at midnight just so they could qualify it because if the officials got there they could arrest them all for playing rugby league but greece is now after they qualified for the world cup and a lot more eyes are on the story um greece made it legal um but yeah there's stories from little little thing little teams like that that have made it um into the world cup so yeah it'd be great if they made a movie for jamaica but um, I, think, I think maybe for the Greece would be much better. With the, with Greece, the, Greece yeah. has got an interesting story, and I feel like Greece is going to be more competitive in their pool than um, Jamaica. Poor Jamaica getting thrown into New Zealand's pool is is not great. Um, but I suppose if you look at any pool, they would have had to play in New Zealand, Tonga, Australia, or England. So it was going to be hard for them. But they're going to the experience they're going to get is going to be amazing for them. Absolutely. Um, so one from me then. Look, we've had some comments uh, during those reviews about the refereeing the TMOs. Uh, what's your take on how the refereeing has been? And also you mentioned that there were less less concussions in these games. Uh, has the refereeing been different than you experienced in, in NRL, uh, considering you've got all the um, European-based referees as well also in, in, ref, in refereeing it? How, uh, what, what's, what, what have you thought about that compared to, uh, compared to NRL? In my opinion, um, I felt that the NRL referees still don't have confidence in making decisions where the Super League ones that were there were making the calls. So, like, it's a try. And then, like, the bunker stepped in if they thought there was something wrong, where some of those NRL refs are just that as soon as there's a try, have a look. Um, Which, so, I don't know. Um, NRL refs are rubbish. And the bunker, I think, they weren't great, as always. Um, I think like we talk about the Lebanon, Lebanon's first try, I didn't think was a try. Um, no. Even the game this morning with Tom and PG, there was still talks. And there were other games where there were calls that even some of the captain's challenges when they went up, the decisions that were being made, I thought were wrong. Um, and it, I, it's completely impartial because it's not the NRL and there's not like a team, international team I dislike per se, um, except for Australia maybe. But, um, yeah, looking at it with completely unopinionated eyes um, with no bias, it, it still is bad. It's a tough job. Um, yeah. So, and, yeah, so, so, yeah, the, the Super League referees don't always have TMOs available in their games, only about half the games mm. have that. So I guess they're more used to having to make a decision um, rather yeah. than the default is always go to, to, the, to the bunker. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. It's good to see. It's good to see um, some of them have a backbone. Hopefully the NRL figures that out and gets some rest with backbones for the next couple of years. Um, and then again, after the um, Australia's result, uh, I, you, you were talking about how uh, uh, previous this, how arrogant they were being about not having any warm-up games and things. Um, is, it, is it arrogant if you get the, if, uh, if you actually walk more? Or, or do you still think... Uh, yeah. Well, it's Australia, so there's always arrogance in Australia anyway. You know, the Australian yeah. watchers know, and they know it. Um, uh, my take is, it's yeah, it's justified arrogance, I, I guess. Um, they've always walked the walk. They walk out of most World Cups with a trophy, so 
they've got the depth. Um, yeah. They're probably the one country where they could um, probably shoulder four, five, six injuries and still roll out a team that is good enough to win the, win the tournament. Yeah. To, get, to show their support, they could legitimately put two teams into this World Cup and meet in the final. They are, they have that much depth. Um, I'm not saying that would happen. They could potentially lose. I'm still picking them to not make the final because I'm a Kiwis fan. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they, the amount of depth they have is is crazy. I was just... It, I think if they had if they had to hit the ground running against like a Tonga, a New Zealand, and England, one of those other big fish, I think we would have seen warm up games. But I think they've kind of looked at their pool and said this pool is going to be our warm up, um, mm. which yeah. you could technically say with New Zealand as well. And we did have one warm up game, but was it like you you mentioned Paul off here? Like there was a whole lot of players that aren't even in the squad playing and all that, so is that really a warm-up either? Um, when you kind of got a soft pull, you can, I guess you have a bit more leeway. I, I'm i not sure. Yeah, then you, the question is, do you end up hitting the finals uh, in a uh, uh, undercooked? But um, that's going to be, by the sounds of it, that's most of the teams because this isn't the depth in international rugby league. It is another yeah. And so Simon's got basically a similar one to what I was going to back up with that one. He's, he's gone... Do you think New South Wales and Queensland should replace Australia in the World Cup? I was going to say, do you think New South Wales and the rest of Australia, um, two teams that should actually replace Australia and have have two teams at the World Cup like that? Nah. That, I, Australia would push for that because they know they'll get more players wanting to play for them in the World Cup then um, because all the island guys would play Origin um, because they play Origin now. I... It, it's, I'd be more interested in Mark's idea um, rather than splitting Origin out if you brought in... Those people, sorry, those people on, on the podcast who can't see what we're... What, uh, I, was, uh, I was about to say it. Oh, sorry. Go on. <laughs> I was going to say, um, Hammer said, um, he asked if we thought uh, a Māori and an Indigenous team should be in the next World Cup. I still like the format we have now, but if they were going to do something like that, that's what I would go with instead of um, splitting Australia into Queensland and New South Wales. Um, it's, yeah, I think that would be more interesting for me, but then I don't really have an investment in the state of origin teams other than, Mm. um, gloating when Queensland win. They've done it before, haven't they? I think, didn't, um, wasn't it the 2000 World Cup where the New Zealand Māori played? I think so. I I was just a baby back then, you know. Same here. Uh, but yeah, um, that would be the only idea other than if you're just having um, countries represented. Um, that's the one I would, would go with um, out of those options. And no disrespect for those other teams um, that are in there at the moment, but um, they would be more competitive, I believe. Then, um, yeah. But you're not going to grow the sport by doing that. That's but yeah, that's it's the double-edged sword. You could do yeah. that and you make games closer, but then you're not growing the game in other parts of the world, which ideally is the goal. Um, mm. You would see, like, if you had them in, does that mean, like, Jamaica um, and Italy drop out or Jamaica and Greece or, you know, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm doing a Richie and sitting on the fence. Uh, any other questions there before we go into ours? Uh, no, no. Simon's confirmed it was 2000. Yeah, he yeah. beat me to it. There, there I am, Googling away, going back through each Rugby World 
extra league world cup trying to figure out which one it was <laughs> but uh, but yeah no that, that, that's the questions from the chat all right um i'll go with my one first richie so sure. my question to you um I know you were getting ready to get the uh, World Cup winning Samoan logo tattooed on you, but <laughs> we were both pretty high on Samoa as the World Cup dark horse. Has your yep. opinion changed after that loss to England? Yeah, I think so. Didn't take long, did it? No. Um, <laughs> um, to go back to something Simon said earlier on, um, a lot of talented players. I don't think the coaching's that great. And I was yeah. saying to you before earlier, um, Samoa should have jumped at the chance of taking on some different coaches when it was when they were putting their hands up, um, but yeah. they didn't. They didn't, and they just watching the game. They they looked out of ideas. Um, they looked like a team full of really good players um, not playing together, not playing for each other. Um, yeah. On defense, they just looked like they had no cohesiveness. Um, England was scoring at will almost, and and that's a that's a pretty telltale sign. So, uh, I'm hoping for a bounce back because um, they've got too many talented players. So, you'd hope they they put up some good efforts from here on out. Use that as a bit of a wake up call, um, where they might yeah. still scare it scare a top team. But on that showing, it's pretty hard to see them um, progressing too much further uh, past after the after the pool stages. You know, I think they'll, they'll probably still march on to the quarters. But yeah, after that, I've, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, yeah um, I'm not as high on them being a dark horse, but I think we will see. I think it might have been the wake up call they had. Um, I've had no. I, I haven't hidden the fact that a lot of those players when they're in a Penrith jersey are quite arrogant. And I mm. think some of that may have flown through. Um, they heard the hype. Um, they do like to go on social media. I think a lot of people um, talk them up. I think they'll they'll get into second place. As Mark's just said, if they lose to France, they're gone. Yeah, they, yeah. you can't afford to lose any more games. They've got their loss. They need to keep winning if they want to stay in the World Cup from here on out. Um I think they'll do enough to to get second place, but if they play, if they don't show any improvement, they'll be a they'll make the quarterfinal and then they're out first week. Um, and yeah, Hammers also said he can't believe they knocked back the Johns brothers. Yeah, Same. especially there's been a big, a lot of noise from the players that they're not a big fan of Matt Parrish, who's the current coach. So if your your squad aren't aren't happy with the coach, and you get guys like the Johns brothers willing to do it for free i believe as well they weren't interested in any money mm. to take the job on um why not you know mm. um but yeah it's it's just a poor decision making from Samoan officials and yeah i but i do expect to bounce back this week i feel like i also feel like both of their halves i know this next this coming week they're going to be without milford but both of their halves make better foils to a very good general you look at Luai, a lot of the time plays uh, second fiddle to Cleary, um, and he can just do, you know, he doesn't have to worry about a lot of the, he takes on some kicking, but he doesn't have to worry about it as much. Um, he can just sort of pop up and, and use his playmaking as a second fiddle, but 
same as Milford. I've never really rated him as a as a dominant half, so no. maybe that's what they're lacking. Yeah, and um, Simon made a point about um, he would take a punt on France getting a second place. That could actually happen because if France have just one loss um, and they're on points differential, that that loss against England, like if they managed to beat Samoa and then Samoa, no, no, it wouldn't work. Sorry, um, I'm not good with numbers, guys. Um, no, <laughs> Samoa just need to keep winning. Um, yeah. That. That's the case. But, yeah, yeah, your question for me. Uh, my question for you was we'll keep it World Cup themed and we'll talk about the Kiwis. So did you see enough against Lebanon to uh, – you tip the Kiwis as the eventual winners. So did you see enough that you, you still have them as favourites for the competition? Um, did you see anything – selection-wise or tactically, you might do differently? No, 100%. Kiwis still. Um, it was clunky. We expected it. It was against the toughest competition. It's going to be hard um, against Australia. That's ideally, if everything goes the way it's meant to, that's going to be the semi-final. if they make it to the semi-final, um, That's obviously, I feel like that the semi-final will be harder Mm. for um, them than the final. If they can get through Australia and then get into the final, the final will be a lot easier than getting through Australia just due to the calibre Australia is. Um, but, yeah, I it was clunky. I still don't judge it. Like Hamish just said, Hughes will be a big inclusion. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even look at this team until you've actually got your halves pairing that you decided. And, yeah, um, he's also mentioned Jared Warrior Hargraves isn't there as well. There's a few players that weren't there. And I think that will be some differences. I still think there's a few tweaks to the bench they could do. Um, I, yeah, there, there's a few, and a, a few players didn't play their best um, in that game. But as Simon said, you know, it feels like 40 minutes ago now, um, the Kiwis build. So I mm. always expect them to be a bit dicey at the start. So, I'm a hundred percent completely biased, but yeah, I've still got them as my pick. Um, yeah. Yep. Nice. I, I personally, I, I get like you, I kind of, I think I saw enough. Um, I don't know that I change much. I think it's a lot of it was execution based and that will come with more game time and combinations building, but yeah. I think yeah. I think I think we'll we'll keep building. Um, it's a great point that Simon brought up. Like you say, um, Kiwis traditionally build into tournaments like these and get better as we go along. So um, yeah. I'm still optimistic. Yeah, and Hammers. Before we move into week two, Hammers just asked, would you have Foreign or um, Jeremy Marshall King as your fourteen? Good question. <laughs> I would I could, probably I, go with Marshall King. Yeah. I was going to say, I think maybe he might offer a little bit more spark as a 14, but I could go either way. Uh, Foreign's yeah. got a good experience. I think having Foreign there gives you a little bit of strength if someone um, someone in the Harbs went down. Yeah. If he had Foreign there. Um, and, yeah, he he also said he'd find a place for Murata as well. Yeah, I to be honest, I would 
if it if I was in charge, um, I think I've got a, a Zoom with my um, Madge in a couple of hours, but um, I would be swapping Murata into the centres for Chance, just judging off that game. Um, I thought Chance had good moments, but he wasn't at the, the best. And Madge's reputation so far with the Kiwis is when you're playing against teams with bigger bigger backs he puts Murata into the centers. So we're going to see that in the semifinal um, when they play Australia. They'll, I believe he'll have Murata outside in the centers against Latrell Mitchell. Right, marking Latrell, yeah. Um, so if that's going to be the end game, may as well start it now um, so they can build. Um, completely spitballing and um, with my zero coaching experience. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the changes I would make potentially. But yeah, they build. It's... Um, even the Australians talk about how the Kiwis are a lot more dangerous at the end of a tournament as opposed to playing them in the first week. So, Exactly. You don't win the World Cup in the first week. Exactly. So um, that was it for our questions. We, we went there for a bit. Um, we, we managed, congrats, we managed to go over an hour again. Um, yes, we do. Hammer said to say hi to Madge. Um, I will. Um, we got round two, well, round one, and round two. Um, I've basically grabbed all the games that are going to be played before our next show. Um, so we'll just go over them and who we think is going to win. I know Paul told me to write down who we picked last week. I didn't, so I'm not going to do it again this week. Um, we won't keep a tally of our tabs because most of the games are predictable. So it wouldn't be that exciting of a tipping comp. But tomorrow morning, we have Wales and Cook Islands. I already said that I picked Cook Islands, but yeah. are you different? You're going with Cook Islands? No, I'm going oh. with Cook Islands. Then we get a couple of days rest before um, Saturday. We have Australia versus Scotland. I've picked Australia. Yes, Australia. Then Sunday we've got we got three games. Um, we got Fiji versus Italy. I've gone with Fiji. Fiji, England, New Zealand. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I'm the same. So yeah, we've got Fiji versus Italy, England versus France, New Zealand versus Jamaica. Um, then Monday we've got Lebanon versus Ireland. I'm going with Lebanon. Yep, Leb- Lebanon and Samoa on Monday for me. Yeah, then, yeah, Samoa, Greece, so I've gone with Samoa as well. Um, then Tuesday, we have Tonga versus Wales. I've gone with Tonga. Tonga. And then the Wednesday morning before our show, we've got Papua New Guinea versus Cook Islands. I've gone with Papua New Guinea. Yeah, that's probably one of the tighter games this weekend, or this yeah. week coming, but Papua New Guinea, I think, will get that one. Yeah, and Simon thinks um, Italy will get the job done on Fiji. So um, we'll see. And he thinks Cook Islands um, have Wales, but Wales might be able to put a surprise. In this case, it's uh, it's another one where I, I know the Cook Islands team with some of the players, but Wales are a complete dark horse for me. I have no idea about any of them other than the fact that half the team are, are related. Yeah, cool um, Jones and Yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what did we say? There was like two sets of twins and like a, a set of triplets in the Wales team yeah. or something like that. Um, but yeah, it, there's some, I feel like a lot of the games will be one-sided again, but I think, you know, England versus France could be interesting just due to what Samoa had happened to them last week. Samoa's game is going to be one to watch just to see how they perform again. And um, Papua New Guinea, Cook Islands, I think will be another real tight tussle. So um, there are some good games that we can talk about next week, at least. And yeah, uh, Hammers just said there's three sets of twins and a set of brothers. So I was close. I don't know why I put triplets in there, but um, yeah. 
be interesting to see. But anything else you want to add before we sign off? Um, no, not really, mate. Just thanks for the chat. Thanks for the World Cup chat, everybody. Um, we'll do it again next week. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in tonight and joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie. For your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into our show next week at 8pm here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. And um, cheers again for joining me, Richie. Cheers for your help in the background, Paul, and hope everyone enjoys uh, round two of the World Cup. And good night. Body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.